Hey parents, just a little disclaimer before we get into today's episode, because today we're talking about Jesus' crucifixion. If you have younger siblings listening along with your preteen, some of the narrative or discussion may be a little intense for younger years. You might want to listen to it first to determine if it's appropriate for them. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Imagine you're a Roman officer. You've just reported for duty and discovered you've been placed in charge of an unplanned crucifixion. You gather your men to pick up the criminal, and you're surprised to find that it's Jesus. You've kept your eye on him for a while because the people always got worked up wherever he went. However, you never saw him do anything worthy of crucifixion. But... He made some people mad, and you don't want his enemies to become your enemies. So you order your men to beat Jesus, which they do so with reckless abandon. After your soldiers tire of beating him, you order Jesus to carry his cross up to the place of the skull. Every time he stumbles or stops to rest, you whip him so that he'll keep going. As he slowly walks up the hill... He leaves behind a trail of blood that you constantly have to step over. Once Jesus reaches the top, you order the men to nail Jesus to the cross. They stretch his hands as far apart as possible and drive a spike through his right hand. Next, they hammer a spike through his left hand. Last, they place his feet on top of each other and drive a spike through both of them at once. As they raise the cross, you know that Jesus won't be able to breathe as he hangs there. You watch him push up on his feet and gasp for air, only to collapse again because the pain in his feet is unbearable. It's a perfectly vicious cycle. As people mock and spit at Jesus, you think of all the stories you heard about him. He healed people. He fed thousands. He taught with love and compassion. He even raised people from the dead. It doesn't seem right that he's the one on the cross, because you've done things much worse than him. After six hours of being on the cross, Jesus startles you when he cries out and then stops breathing. You stare at his lifeless body, slowly take off your helmet and kneel. You then declare, This man truly was the Son of God. I'm Pastor Michael, and this is Chicken and Waffles, the Bible podcast for preteens, where learning and obeying God's Word creates preteens that are unique and unforgettable, just like Chicken and Waffles. Hey, welcome back, preteens. I am so glad you guys are back for Mark chapter 15. But it's the second to last chapter of Mark. Y'all have been rocking this out, reading through God's Word, and learning and applying Scripture. I am so proud of you for making it this far because I think it's another great day to be unique and unforgettable by learning and obeying God's Word. So, let's jump into our passage today. It's in Mark chapter 15, and we're going to start in verses 25 through 27 and then jump to 37 through 39. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, The King of the Jews. 
Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who had stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. All right, so today, as you can tell, we're talking about Jesus' crucifixion. And you know what? There's not a lot of happiness in this chapter. There's not a lot of good things. It is all hard and painful stuff. It's painful stuff to read. It's painful stuff to hear about. But this is a vital part of the book of Mark. And so let's ask our first question. What does it mean? What Jesus experienced on the cross is actually one of the worst ways that someone can die. The Romans were experts in torturing and executing people, and the cross was one of their most effective tools uh, in punishing criminals. And so before Jesus was put on the cross, he was whipped and he was beaten. And probably he was whipped with something that's called the cat of nine tails, which is a a whip that on the end of the whip, there was a bunch of strings that came out. And on the end of those strings were like pieces of metal or pieces of bone. Uh, And so whenever the person that would whip Jesus, they would it would do the maximum amount of damage on his back and cause the most amount of pain and trauma that they could give him. And so when they put him up on the cross, Jesus was, had already been beaten. He was already suffering as it was. But then uh, they used iron spikes uh, that were probably about five to seven inches long uh, to, to nail him to the cross. Now, I know often whenever we think about Jesus being nailed to the cross, we think that it's, it was probably through his hands specifically, but more than likely it was probably right in that his wrist, uh, because that ensured that he would stay up on the cross. And so they would did that to his right hand and to his left hand, and then they would stack both of his feet on top of each other and put a spike right through both of his feet. It was an incredibly painful way uh, to be tortured and to be killed. So when Jesus was on the cross, he would have probably like bent his knees to find some relief from that pain. But when he lowered himself, he would, he would have not been able to breathe. Uh, and so then, when he couldn't breathe, he would have then pushed up on his feet to be able to breathe. But then the pain would just amplify at that point, and then he would you know, collapse back down again to where he couldn't breathe. And so it was a horrible loop for him to experience and anyone who was crucified to experience. And for Jesus, this lasted about six hours. It was painful, it was brutal, and it was horrible any way that you look at it. And it it begs the question, why did Jesus have to experience this? Why did Jesus have to die? Why couldn't he just come and say, hey, you know what? Just believe in me and you'll be forgiven. Wouldn't that have been a lot easier for him? So why why did he have to die? Well, that's where we can go back into the Old Testament preteens to be able to answer this question. Because from the very beginning, 
when someone sinned, a sacrifice had to be made to cover that sin. Now, that started with Adam and Eve, right? They were the first ones who sinned. And what happened? What did God do? Well, he actually ended up having an animal killed so that they they could have clothes and covering because now that they had sinned. And so that animal had to pay the price for their sin so that then they could be covered. Well, and then throughout the entire Old Testament, whenever someone sinned, they had to take an innocent animal, like a sheep, and then that animal would become a sacrifice. They would kill that animal as a sacrifice to God and ask for forgiveness. Because here's what happens. When someone sins, they deserve death. For the wages of sin is death, right? So whenever we sin and we do the wrong thing against God, we actually deserve to die. We deserve punishment. But God in his great love, he would offer forgiveness because of an animal sacrifice, but it was always temporary. There still needed to be a permanent solution. Well, and that's why God sent Jesus, because our sin needed a permanent solution. And so Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. He never did the wrong thing. And so he became that perfect sacrifice for all of humanity. Not just for me, not just for you, but everyone who has ever lived. Jesus came to be that perfect sacrifice. You know, Hebrews 9.28 says, So also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. You know, sin has always created a barrier between people and God. He is perfect and holy. You and me, not so much. But did you catch that part at the end of our passage today about how the curtain in the temple was ripped apart after Jesus died? Well, that curtain always separated people from God's presence in the temple, and it ripped apart when Jesus died because that barrier was now being removed because of Jesus' death for you and for me. And that meant we could now have access to God because of his sacrifice. So I want you to remember our big idea today is that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for my sin. So what should we do with that? That's our second question. What should I do? Now, I want you to think of the sin that you struggle with the most, okay? Now, maybe it's the one that fills you with regret whenever you do it, or the one that makes you say, ah, not again. What is wrong with me? Or maybe the one that, that fills you with shame, right, when you, when you do it. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to make you tell anyone about it, okay? But what I want you to do is I want you to write Jesus a letter and to thank him for dying for that specific sin. And then in that letter, I want you to ask him to help you through his Holy Spirit to turn away from that sin. You can't do it just in your own power, but God, through his Holy Spirit, can help you turn away from that sin. Now, I don't know what that sin is in your life, right? Maybe it's talking back to your parents, being mean to your siblings, cheating, disobedience, disrespect. I don't know what it is, but I bet there's something that popped into your head when I told you to think of that one sin that you struggle with the most. But whatever it is, Jesus died for that sin too. 
There is nothing you can do that is too big or too bad that Jesus' sacrifice can't cover. His sacrifice covers all of your sin, and he loves you. That's why he did this. He knew that you could never be good enough to reach him in heaven, so he came down to earth for this very moment, this very moment, to die in your place. You and me, we deserved that death because we've sinned against God. But Jesus took that punishment instead of having us have to take that. That's how much he loves you. So I want you to remember, what is our big idea today? Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for my sin. And then I want you to write him that that short letter that just thanks him for dying for that one specific sin that you just struggle with so much, and then ask him to help you through his Holy Spirit to turn your back on that sin. Hey, this is the whole point of the Gospel of Mark, is that Jesus died for you because he loves you. He is that sacrifice so that you can have a relationship with God and know him forever in heaven. Hey, thank you for joining me today for Chicken and Waffles. I have loved being able to talk about this such important moment in Jesus's life as, and how it impacts you. And I hope that you will think about what he's done for you and thank him for that. Now, be sure before our next episode, which is Mark chapter 16, which is the last chapter of Mark, we're about to be done with an entire book of the Bible, and I want you to read Mark chapter 16 and ask the two questions, what does it mean, what should I do, because every time you learn and obey God's word, you're becoming unique and unforgettable, just like chicken and waffles. I'll see you next time.